Welcome to the Burden and Blessing Podcast, a study and discussion forum on the truth of God's Word. Our review series examines books, movies, music, and other media in the light of God's truth. We pray that it will be eye-opening, instructional, and beneficial for your daily walk with Christ. Welcome back to Burden and Blessing and our ongoing study of the Lutheran hymnal and Lutheran hymnody as well as a hymnody of Christianity. Today we're going to be taking a look at a very famous and a very beloved hymn in our Lutheran hymnal. This hymn, though it falls into the evening section, is also one that is often requested at victory services of those who have passed away. We're going to be taking a look at a number of verses from the familiar hymn, Abide With Me. My name is Nathaniel Mayhew, and joining me today to go through this well-known hymn is Pastor Ben Libby. Ben, glad to have you with us as we get into this wonderful and theologically rich hymn. Thank you, Nathaniel. It's it's great to be here talking to you about this beautiful hymn that, uh, yeah, it's just really can't be beat, in my opinion, for, for what you were mentioning, uh, victory service purposes. So this is a very familiar and well-loved hymn. Mm-hmm. It is in the evening section of our hymnal, but we often find that it is sung at a variety of different events throughout the church here. The fellow who wrote this hymn uh, was Irish. It, this is not a hymn that was translated from another language and won a lot of awards for his poetry. He is known for writing a number of other hymns as well in both the hymnal that we have as well as in the worship supplement. Uh, God of mercy, God of grace might be one of the the other familiar ones. There's a story that's told about him just a couple of years after he began his ministry, ministering to a good friend of his who was also a pastor who ended up dying. And Light speaks about the fact that this event changed his perspective in the ministry. And I, I wonder if that's why this hymn seems to fit so well and related to this idea of life and death. You want to talk about that just a minute, kind of as an introduction to this hymn? Yeah, I would love to. Um, You mentioned that in our Lutheran hymnal, it falls under the category of evening hymn, which is interesting. But I think when you think about it, why wouldn't it be under like, you know, cross and comfort? But evening and, you know, funeral victory service themes, obviously, you could see the parallel with that. It's the end of the day. It's the end of the life. So I think it's it's in a very good spot. Um, And also, what what is the the theme throughout, you know, the repeated refrain throughout this whole hymn is abide with me. You get the... uh, in the Lutheran hymnal, it puts down the Luke 24, 29 passage, which is the Emmaus disciples. And it, it's at the end of the day. And they got down to the road of Emmaus. They're at their village. Jesus wants to push on. They don't know what Jesus at the time, but they want they, they want him to stay. So they say, abide with us. It's evening. And I think kind of talking about the uh, light, the author here, and what he was going through it, it really makes sense to compare the two together, you know, the end of the day, the end of the life, and our end of life, our plea is the same thing as those Emmaus disciples is, abide with me, don't make me do this on my own, you know, I want to be with you, Lord, and I think that is a, it's an excellent theme, and once, when you're singing it from the opposite side of heaven, you know, here on earth at the victory service, 
you say, Lord, abide with me. I need you to comfort me, to comfort me over the loss of my loved one. But I know that you will abide with me and you will get me through this. And even right now, my loved one is with you. So I think it's it works on a number of different levels for a number of different themes, both evening and cross and comfort. Well, the tune that we have for this, too, is a rather somber Mm -hmm. tune isn't it which again is certainly appropriate you don't want something fast-paced and and upbeat at the end of the day at the same time it is very reflective it fits the text very well and just causing us to contemplate this great mystery of the lord's presence with us as you commented on throughout our life Mm -hmm. and also then when he finally takes us home to heaven The scriptural reference that you mentioned from the Emmaus Disciples account is also a very fitting foundational passage because, as you commented, the theme that keeps coming back is that theme of abide with me, that they were asking Jesus to to remain with them as since it was approaching evening. Let's get into the first verse of this. This might be one of the most familiar of the verses of the hymn. Their light writes, Abide with me, fast falls the eventide, the darkness deepens, Lord, with me abide. When other helpers fail and comforts flee, help of the helpless, oh, abide with me. Let's go into that first verse. I like the uh, the darkness deepens part that he writes there, because obviously, like we were just talking about, it's nighttime. It's getting darker and darker and darker. But I think more or less, it's you think of it more as the darkness, the sadness, you know, deepens. Like, it's getting to be this dark time. And if you think about it, too, you know, think about the, the contrast between your, your day and your night. You know, in the daytime, we're interacting with people. We're, we're at work. You know, we're out and about for the most part. Obviously, there are some people who do work at night. But... And then at nighttime, it's you and your family. It's more quiet. You know, you, the kids go to bed. Then it's just you. And then you're kind of alone to contemplate the events of the day. So I think from the, the hymn writer's point of view, he's saying, hey, it's the day is over, but I need you now almost more because it's more of a quiet time and the darkness is deepening. So I need you to abide with me. Also, you know, really the the other he talks about help when other helpers fail, comforts are fleeting. The help of the helpless one is Jesus, which is just I love that play on words. Just he's the help of the helpless because at the end of the day, we're all helpless. There's not much that we can do on our own at all without Jesus. So what that what does he pray for here to the help of the helpless? abide with me abide with me because i need you the darkness is deepening and there's nothing else i can do i need you that third line when other helpers fail and comforts flee also reminds us that there's simply nothing in this world that serves as a substitute or a replacement for jesus and that's true in this life and also in the life to come all of these things that many times we heap up for ourselves in this life as comforts or helpers 
and and light reminds us in in our in our final hour and something for us to reflect on even when it's not our final hour but as we're looking ahead to that day when the lord will take us home that there's there's nothing that can satisfy in our death day except for jesus the help of the helpless mm-hmm. and you look people all around look for different helps you know out there they try to they try to solve their answers with different helpers but yeah like you said nathaniel at the end of the day our only real help is is our lord and our god jesus christ and uh i don't we we don't need anything else besides him and his word that's right verse two really seems to introduce us to this idea of our death day it takes it from the realm like you were talking about just from being the end of the day in an, in a literal sense to the end of our days in the sense that we are, we're now looking forward to that return of our savior or him, him taking us to our heavenly home in verse two light says swift to its close ebbs out life's little day. Earth's joys grow dim. Its glories pass away change and decay and all around I see. O thou who changest not, abide with me. Like you said, he, it kind of goes from this nighttime hymn to this second verse. It's it's pretty clearly death. Like I mean, nighttime and death, you can always kind of like compare and contrast. You can kind of interpose one upon the other. This one's pretty much done. You know, he's just talking about the nature of transient life here swift to its close ebbs out life's little day i kind of think of like the ebb kind of like the the waves and the tide like receding going back out you know it's ebbing out and at the end of the day i love that term <laughs> life's little day because that's what life is really it's it's just a little day it's a short period of time and you don't know, we don't know how long we're going to live on this earth, but at the end of the day, it is going to be, you know, it's very finite. It is set and you can never, you can never pay for more time in this world. When it's your time to, of grace is over, it's over. So it's gonna ebb out. Earth's joys are going to grow dim. Everything's going to the glory of this world is going to fade away. It's going to pass away. There's going to be change and decay everywhere that we look at, at this earth. It's change and decay is tearing down our bodies right now. You could be 20 years old and you're still subject to change and decay. But it doesn't matter because we have a Lord who does not change. You know, you think about that that passage, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That, oh, thou who changest not, abide with me. While we're subject to change, that's what death is. It is the final change. Jesus is not. He, he is the one who changes not. And his word stands forever. His promise to you stands forever. Your salvation through him is finished. And that will never change. There's something to that opening phrase, swift to its close. Yeah. <laughs> How many times, Ben, have you heard somebody who's older, you know, maybe your your parent or a grandparent say it changes quickly. Mm-hmm. It was just yesterday and I was I was this age and and how quickly it's gone. Yeah. And that's exactly what light is reflecting on here too. And we talked a little bit earlier about not knowing exactly 
when this hymn was written during his life, but it certainly does seem like he's reflecting back on life in old age, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. He had a lot of health issues at the end of his life, and so it certainly would fit if it was written as he was looking back on his life and reflecting on what is and what isn't important and how quickly those things change. We're going to skip verse 3 and go to verse 4 in the Lutheran hymnal. A lot of hymnals only have a selected number of the hymns from this hymn. We have eight in the Lutheran hymnal. We're, we're going to take a look at not all of them, but just a few of them. Verse 4 says, Come not in terrors as the king of kings, but kind and good with healing in thy wings. Tears for all woes, a heart for every plea. Come, friend of sinners, thus abide with me. I think with this verse, Nathaniel, it really comes down to how do you think about Jesus? Like, how do you picture the Lord? And I think he kind of addresses that right off the bat with this verse, come not in terrors, as the king of kings and certainly our lord is that he is the king of kings he is his might is awesome or awful you know he is he's all powerful but unfortunately to the sinner that's not comfort that is terror (laughs) you know we are sinful and the holy god his holiness cannot stand our sinfulness so it's not, it, it is a terrible thing to be, to fall into the hands of the living God and for our sinful souls to fall into, into the, the hand of the King of Kings and the terrorful one. Well, that's not good. That's condemnation. That's judgment. But his prayer here is that he wouldn't come like that, but rather he would come as the friend of the sinner. And that of course is Jesus. Like, yes, God cannot stand our sinfulness, but God went to the cross to die for it, to forgive us of our sins. So there is healing in him. Uh, Our souls have been healed. We have been redeemed. Tears for all woes, a heart for every plea. That, 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 uh, it's hard to even like really, I think for me, describe, I think what the, the hymn writer is going there, what he's trying to say with that verse, but I think it's, Basically, he's sympathizing with everything that we're going through. He's right there alongside with us. He is the friend of the sinner. He came to seek and to save that which was lost, me. And uh, he's going to abide with me. Then we skip again verse 5 and go on to verses 6, 7, and 8. And it's not to say that verses three and five are not good hymns or verses also (laughs) because they are are wonderful, but to get through all of this. Uh, And it is interesting to me, Ben, that in this hymn, the way that Light sets it up is that he kind of lays the foundation in the first three verses. And that last verse that you mentioned, or the last line, when he comes back to the abide with me, there's always a description of who Jesus is, Hmm. the help of the helpless, the one who changes not, the one who is the friend of sinners, as we just had. So we have this interesting contrast between the frailty and the emptiness of of the things of this life and the consistency of Christ and the the assurance that we have in him and his work for us. We'll see a little bit of that in this sixth verse too. I need thy presence every passing hour. 
What but thy grace can foil the tempter's power? Who, like thyself, my guide and stay can be through cloud and sunshine? Oh, abide with me. I like to think about this verse, I think, in the context of just the whole total of the hymn, you know, abide with me. Isn't it fascinating that God chooses to abide with man? I think that's, you know, that's a big theme of the Christmas theme or, or, you know, it's a theme throughout all of our hymns most of the time that God decides to come down and dwell with us, that the Holy Son of God took on flesh and blood to pay for our sins. And I think his admittance here at the, in the first line, I need thy presence every passing hour. It's, it's something that I think we should all be reminded of that we need the presence of our Lord every passing hour. He came down to this earth to, you know, be with us. And even though he is gone, he's still with us. He's there in the midst of us and he'll be with us at the end of the age. Uh, what but thy grace can foil the tempter's power? Absolutely. <laughs> you know, the tempter, Satan can, he can you know, shatter our worlds, but it's the grace of God that keeps us going, that gift that he has given us forgiveness over our sins. Uh, who like thyself, my guide and stay can be? There is no one like the Lord who can be our guide, who can guide us through this world, you know, with his word, who is our stay, who is our fortress, our refuge, our rock. Um, he's there with, with us in the dark times, you know, in the times that are terrible, where we have nowhere left to turn, where our worlds are shattered and we're devastated. He's there with us in the sunshine when it's beautiful, when we are having blessings, where we're, there is nothing to complain about, you know, he's there in the good times and the bad times because he is the God who changes not. He is our, he is the one who abides, you know, that is, that is our Lord. He abides with us. We talk often about the three enemies of the Christian, the devil, the world, and our own sinful flesh. And we can kind of see all three of those being brought out in this hymn too. This one certainly emphasizes the, the power of the devil, mm -hmm. uh, the tempter, and the importance of, of Christ. You know, we think about during Lent, we think about how Jesus endured the temptations of the devil. That's the, the one of the very first readings on the first Sunday of, of Lent. And, and Jesus did that. And then all the way through his ministry, we think about how he, he did exactly what needed to be done. And so we trust in the one who has endured and succeeded in dealing with the temptations of the devil, not having failed as we often do. And, and so he is the one who is our guide. He is the one that we need in order to get through the temptations of the devil, the world, and even our own flesh. In the next verse, verse 7, light expands on this just a little bit, and he broadens it. It's not just the devil, but there's no one that or no, no enemy that we might face that we need to be afraid of because of Jesus and what he has accomplished for us. So we read verse 7. I fear no foe with thee at hand to bless. Ills have no weight and tears no bitterness. Where is death's sting? Where grave thy victory? I triumph still 
if thou abide with me. I think it's this is a hymn stanza that we sing with confidence and we sing it almost to remind ourselves that these things are true. You know, when I've when I've sung this stanza, you know, at at a victory service, usually I'm feeling the opposite of what I, I am saying. I am not fearful of no foe. You know, there are things that I'm afraid of. Um, the weight and the tears that I have been experiencing seem very real. You know, they're taking me down. The sting of death is very real when you're burying a loved one. It's it's right there in front of you. Uh, where is the the victory of the grave? It's right there. My my loved one is not here anymore. It seems like the victory is complete. That that my loved one gave in, and that you know they're they're done. But I love I love how he how he writes that at the last stanza last stanza of that verse. I triumph still if thou abide with me. And I think the whole thing is saying that how do we beat death? Well, it's through Jesus. It's that that death has no sting. You know that First Corinthians reference there that there is no sting of death because Jesus Christ is the first fruits. He is risen from death. He defeated it for us. So really, ultimately, death now for the Christian has no weight. It's not something that's all that bitter. It is to us in the moment. But why do we call them victory services? It's because that saint has triumphed over you know, through Jesus Christ over sin. It's their race is run. They're done. You know, well done, good and faithful servant. Come inherit the place I have prepared for you. And I think that's what we need. That's what we, we sing this hymn. I don't know if I'm speaking for everyone who does it. We sing this stanza, not necessarily always knowing these things to be true, you know, feeling that they're true at least, but knowing through faith, that what this hymn writer writes down here is absolutely true, that even though we're crying, these tears don't have to be bitter because our loved one is with Jesus. And when we die, so too shall we. You mentioned 1 Corinthians 15, which is where that Hosea passage is quoted. Mm-hmm. Death, where is your sting? Where is that victory grave? And the answer to that question is, you don't have it. Christ has defeated you. So 1 Corinthians 15 certainly comes to mind in that verse. Another one that comes to my mind, and and you made me think of it there as you were discussing that, Ben, is Romans chapter 8, where Paul says, who can separate us from the love of God? And then he goes through this long list, just like what we're talking about here. I fear no foe with thee at hand to bless. Ills have no weight. Tears, no bitterness. Paul says, shall tribulation or distress or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? He says, no, none of those things have the victory over us. He says, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Just like light brings out in that final uh, final line, I triumph still if thou abide with me. Mm-hmm. A I number of wonderful Bible passages that uh, he certainly weaves together in that in that verse. Because that's not triumph, right? Like the, the, the one who dies does not look triumphant just like jesus did not look like he was triumphant on the cross he looked like he was dead but i triumph still i love that like i'm i can still triumph 
because of Jesus. No matter what happens, no matter how, if I die, how I die, how terrible it was, I triumph still. Even if cancer beat me, quote unquote, I triumph through the triumph of the Lord. I just, I love that. The last verse is a fitting summary as it weaves together, not just that evening theme, but again, that end of life theme, the reflection on this life and where we are going because of Christ. It builds nicely on verse seven. In verse eight, light says, hold thou thy cross before my closing eyes, shine through the gloom and point me to the skies. Heaven's morning breaks and earth's vain shadows flee. In life, in death, O Lord, abide with me. Again here, I kind of see, you could you could look at this verse, this in the evening hymn context. Hold thou thy cross before my closing eyes. Like if the last thought I had before I fall asleep, you know, is the cross of Christ. That's awesome. That's beautiful. But it's this, the closing eyes here is not sleeping. It, it is, or I guess it is, you know, from the point, the, as Jesus said of Lazarus, he is sleeping. It's that kind of sleep. It is death. Hold thou thy cross before my eyes close for the last time. That's what he's saying. And that's what we try to do, right? Like on our deathbed, what is it that, that we focus on, at least for the Christian? It's, it's the word. We, we try to see, lift up the cross, you know, as, as pastors, when we get in those situations, Nathaniel, we bring the word of God to those people. And we say, this is the cross. Jesus died on this cross for you. Yes, it looks like you're close to death too, but you have a savior who loves you and who paid for your sins shine through the gloom point me to the skies heaven mornings break so i love that it's like evening looking to forward to morning death you're looking forward to heaven heaven's morning breaks earth vain shadows flee and that's what that's what you know it's going to be like with jesus in heaven it's the shadows of this world are all going to pass away right now we're on the other side of it where the pain and the agony seems very real and we can't see the love and the comfort of the savior as clearly, but you know, eventually this stuff is going to pass away and we're going to be in the reality of our everlasting loving Lord. And, you know, he, he pleads once again in life, abide with me, Lord, like stay with me here. If I'm lonely, if I'm experiencing pain and agony, abide with me in death when there is no other way around it where I have to look down death in the eye and I'm not long for this world, abide with me. Abide with me in both situations. Abide with me because I need you here in life and abide with me because I need you to get me through this this death so I can be with you forever. You know, it's just, it's, this hymn is awesome. It's beautiful. <laughs> I, it's it's kind of hard to even to even imagine that someone could write this, you know, Nathaniel? Yeah. Psalm 23, another very, very familiar section of scripture to almost every Christian, has this interesting phrase in the middle of it where it speaks about journeying through the valley of the shadow of death. And that's what this verse reminds me of. 
that even when we face death, it's nothing but a shadow. Christ has defeated it. And just like we don't have to be afraid of a shadow, we don't have to be afraid of death either. The Apostle Paul in 1 Thessalonians describes death as a sleep, knowing that we will wake up from it. And Jesus, you mentioned uh, Lazarus earlier in, as we discussed this verse, and it, it reminded me of the words of Jesus to Martha when he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And all we're asking is for the Lord to help us to see through the pain, the sorrow of this life, to see through to what he has already conquered and won for us, and to know that there is something on the other side. That, that's what this hymn is all about, reminding us to look past the transitory nature, nature of the things of this world to the intransitory things that Christ has accomplished and one for us. Mm -hmm. Let's listen to the verses of this hymn. We'll be listening to the Lutheran Quartet as they sing this beautiful and familiar hymn. Abide with me, fast falls the eventide. The darkness deepens, Lord, with me. Oh. Uh -huh. 
Closing thoughts as we wrap up. Why is it so great? <laughs> Why is it so beautiful? Well, it's it's very poetic. It really is reflective. The tune is very awesome, somber. You know, it's uh, it's awesome for many different reasons, but the ultimate reason is because it it relies on the one who abides with us, on Jesus. And really, for any anybody who ev- has ever experienced, you know, a funeral or a victory service and having a loved one, not the pain of having a loved one not be with you anymore, to not be with you or are on your deathbed and you know that you're going to leave your loved ones. And this is naturally going to, it's going to be sorrowful, but I think what light does so masterfully here is he points us to the fact that it's not about our separation from our loved ones or them from us that death, you know, that's why we fear it, but we're never going to be separated from the love of Christ. Like you said, Nathaniel, from like that Romans passage, we can't be separated from him. He abides with us. That is awesome. And no matter what happens to us, I can I could die tomorrow. It does not matter because in life, in death, oh Lord, you still abide with me. You don't change. Your what you say holds weight. That cross is gonna take me to heaven to be with you forever. And then in heaven will abide with you. Like Jesus said to his disciples, that where I am, there you may be also. And that is the ultimate message of hope and comfort found in this hymn that uh, the Lord abides with us. Do you have any thoughts, Nathaniel? I just kind of wanted to go back to the opening example that you gave with Jesus and the Emmaus disciples. That sort of sets Mm -hmm. the whole theme for this hymn. It was a request, wasn't it? The disciples were requesting 
Jesus to abide with them. And the reason that they had requested it is because they had come to know that there was something unique and special about this man that they had spent the afternoon with. Well, Ben, you and I have come to know that there's something special about this Jesus too, that what he offers to us, we can't find anywhere else. And so like those two Emmaus disciples, we as Christians, we join in their request. We ask Jesus, Lord, we know that you have something that we can't find anywhere else. We pray, we ask that you would also abide with us through life and through death. Abide with us. Amen. We pray that this review of this hymn has been encouraging to you and that you've maybe seen something or learned something about it that you haven't noticed before. We hope that you'll join us again for future podcasts. If there are other things that you'd like to hear us discuss or talk about, please also feel free to send us an email. The Lord bless your week. We invite you to join us every week for another episode of Burden and Blessing Podcast, where we will continue to proclaim Jesus Christ as the one and only Savior for sinners. Until next week, take comfort in the fact that God is your rock and ever-present help in trouble.